Hey, DJ Flook here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. There's a lot of people in the sports world nowadays athletes, media personalities, bloggers, podcasters, video producers, influencers all with amazing stories to share about how they got to where they are today and where they're going tomorrow. I'm DJ Fluke, and along with my partners, Kate Thompson. I'm sorry, I didn't go to a college that has football teams, so sometimes I space out. And Jillian Fisher. Hey! Oh my gosh, I alerted my pug, and he's like, oh no, don't bark, please don't bark. We're here to share those stories in something we like to call StadiumScene.tv's main event. Hey, before we get started, this episode was also recorded as a video, which is available on YouTube via the description of this podcast episode. Otherwise, enjoy the show. This is part two of the episode. If you haven't listened to part one, be sure to check that out. We're not reprinting merchandise. They're still going to say Tokyo 2020 on it. I think that's that's hilarious that you know all the signs and all the merchandise has been printed so they're just saying this is the 2020 olympics even though it's 2021 just a year later yeah so you know obviously we've had quite the characters in in swimming over the last several years that that always seems to you know captivate attention whether it's you know michael phelps winning what was it like eight medals in in china yeah, eight golds and, eight, eight. and then you know, yeah, and, and it's like I don't remember a ton about the Olympics over the last several years, but you know, you remember that you remember the one race where I think it was a, was it a relay where whoever it was, he was teamed with actually was beaten back to the, the final, the touch panel, but he got his hand in just ahead of the other guy. So they actually won the race because of that. It's like, you know, yeah. So there are two races that really stood out is the hundred butterfly where um, I think maybe the one that you're referring to um, I think is um, Milrad Kavic, I think from Croatia or Serbia. It looks like he's on the wall, but one thing we tell our swimmers, keep your head down at the finish and you see him lifting his head up and Michael Phelps just jams his stroke in and I think they even determined the other guy touched first, but he hit the pad harder. So it triggered to get that hundredth of a second. And then that 400 free relay is um, Jason Lezak going at the end on the anchor leg. Um, still a couple body lengths behind at 25 meters to go and somehow gets into the wall first. I think that was a 7-100 uh, victory. And I think at the time was like the fastest relay split ever. Still get chills watching both of those swims. Like, how does that happen? And, you know, then later on, then you have – characters like ryan lochte come out and have you know his antics and oh, yeah. that that you know if you look back you'll probably be like oh yeah i forgot that he what did he 
do? Did he like claim that he was robbed or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, there's still so many different stories that <laughs> I'm just just reading about it again um, in a book that I got. Um, is they talk about that. Like one story came out, and then we found it wasn't quite true. But then as we get more information, there was parts of it that maybe were exaggerated. And then they wanted to hold the swimmers by taking their passports, and they had to figure out ways and pay money just to be able to leave the country. It was just crazy. But I mean, it, it seems like every time the, the Summer Olympics, you know, there's always the the traditional, you know, everyone's interested in the the sprinters. But it always seems like we we get this surge in interest in swimming for a while. And then after, you know, the Olympics go away, maybe it'll, you know, there'll be some events on television that people watch and it kind of fades away. And then here come the Olympics again and we're, we're back in. I mean, is it like, do you see that, is that just how it is for whatever reason? Or did, does it help with, you know, you have personalities like, like Michael Phelps, who is an all-time great and characters like Ryan Lochte out there. Like, is that like, does that have more to do with it? What, what do you think on that? You know, it definitely helps having somebody um, like Michael Phelps just being one of the greatest Olympians of all time and just in terms of medal count and just in what he's done for his sport. You see the kids that get to watch them and kind of start saying, you know, I want to be like him. And every year, um, every year after the Olympics, there's a surge in registrations with USA Swimming because you get that popularity and some end up saying, eh, you know, maybe this isn't quite what I was hoping it was. And then you get others that um, stand out. I just saw a picture the other day. Um, I think it kind of speaks to what you're asking here. It shows a picture of Michael Phelps signing autographs and the, there's a young um, girl swimmer in the picture with him getting his autograph. And then they flip it that girl was Katie Ledecky <laughs> who's now one of the best swimmers yeah, and breaking Janet that. Evans records. Um, so you get that too. And I know there's another picture. I can't, I can't remember his name, but it shows him as a young swimmer um, with Phelps. And he was the, I think 2016 hundred butterfly champion and beating Michael Phelps um, being able to see his childhood idol, grow up and then race them at the Olympics on the biggest stage. So you definitely get swimmers like that. And then others that go on and just, you know, have great careers in their own right, not necessarily as Olympians, but find a sport that they're going to enjoy for the rest of their life. And Michael Phelps lives out this way. And yeah, uh, he's out in Phoenix too right now. Yeah. He, uh, it's funny too, like he's doing like ads, like local ads here. And so, you, you know, you'll drive out I-10 on the way to the airport and, and um, there's this giant billboard of like Michael Phelps and his like, you know, the, the, the practice, those, what, I, I'm not sure what they call them, those little practice pools that are like 10 feet long that you can like put into like a condo backyard. And it's like, you. yeah, I think he's involved with endless pools maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's what I it's think called. it's that one. Oh, I was yeah, kind of yeah. hoping he was doing the hair growth ads that like Brian Urlacher does in the Chicago area. <laughs> well, those are out here too. Brian Urlacher, know, um... he lives down the street from me, believe it or not. Oh, I'm, cool. trying to, I'm trying to, to to get him on the show. I actually know somebody who uh, is in the- Knows a person who knows a person? Well, no, his uh, his kid, my uh, a coworker of mine, his kids are the same age and are in the same class. And he sat down at like a, you know, 
the end of the year parent teacher event or like you know the they, they had like the end of the year, like awards ceremony. And he sits down and all of a sudden, like Brian Erlacher comes in and sits down next to him. And he's just like, I know who you are. <laughs> so well, I know Michael Phelps has been doing a lot with mental health. Um, yeah. And a yeah. couple ads um, here recently. Yeah. He's been very, very open of uh, with that um, over the last couple of years. And, and I mean, you, you've seen like, like his struggles were pretty well documented um, mm-hmm. over, over the last decade. Well, it's so great to see that a very well-known athlete is willing to open up about that because it's such a big issue and especially just being multiplied now. And even for athletes retiring from their sport, it's hard and it just leaves that void. I mean, do you, I mean, you don't obviously, I mean, you're around the swimmers. I mean, do you, do you see that like, you know, in, in your coaching ranks, like, do you, do you see like, even at high school, like some of those kids, most of those kids aren't, that's it for them after their, their senior year, they're not going to swim in college. I mean, do you, do you see a lot of that? Like, do you think that's, you know, there's, there's an epidemic in swimming or, or, you know, is it more just a sports in general? I think it's sports in general. Um, I think you see with like retired athletes that, either end up going maybe the wrong way just because they don't have that structure. Um, I think we've seen that before. Um, I think some athletes, they don't want to approach that other side. So I think sometimes they hang on and try to play for too long um, just because they enjoy it. But it's some of it, what am I going to do next? So I think it's just, all sports. If you've done something since you were five, six, seven, eight years old, and now you're in your mid thirties or let's say even like early forties, like Tom Brady. And it's that question of what comes next, you know, something for so long. I think I swam for 21 years and, you know, I still have that drive inside and I know I'm not going to be as fast as I was, but I still want to go out and race and compete. If I just haven't had the opportunities to get in, maybe that's just on me, but, um, you know, I still have that drive. As, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I stopped playing soccer after high school, but it is weird that you do something for, you know, 15 plus years of your life and it's, it's become, you know, it was such a big part. And then all of a sudden it's just, that's it. And it's like, yeah, you could get into coaching like like obviously you have, but some people, they just, you know, it's just not for them. And that was false, DJ. I got oh. a picture of you playing soccer like last week. Okay, you know, the, the old, that doesn't count. <laughs> I was kicking, yeah, kicking a ball around the backyard with, the, with my uh, with my kids. That, <laughs> that doesn't count. It's, uh, I mean, that is fun. That is enjoyable, you know, when they are paying attention for the, the 30 seconds. But yes, that, that does not count. Um, but on, on the topic of, of Olympic swimming, you you had been out in Colorado where, the, if I remember right, that's where the, the training center is. So yep. you've been in the facility, probably been around some of these people who've become household names from the Olympic years. Like, what are your, like experiences there like is this 
you know, even as somebody who's heavily involved in the sport to come in there and see the top athletes in the U S competing and training, like, is that like, is it really like eye opening how, how next level these people are? Um, I don't know if I ever really told you or you saw that I got to the lifeguard at the training center. So <laughs> wait, they need lifeguards. <laughs> I thought they could swim. I mean, they can, um, not really too much that we had to do. Um, we got to do a lot of fun, other things we got to, um, film the swimmers. We had tow systems that we could use. So I've gotten to tow Olympians, um, just helping them feel swimming faster than they're normally capable of. So that was pretty fun. Um, but you know, being able to sit there and I was coaching at the time. So it was really fun just being able to sit and watch what the Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky's are doing. I think it was the, what was it, maybe 2012 Olympics kind of going through the roster. We figured out that probably 60, 70% of the Olympic roster that year had been at the training center in the year prior. And, you know, just getting to know some of them and talking to them at the pool, there's really not that much of a difference. They just have a super amazing ability to swim that fast, but a lot of them are really fun and humble. I remember afterwards, um, Nathan Adrian comes into the pool and hopefully I don't get in trouble with the training center for saying this, but you know, I've retired from there, but you know, he just won gold medals and had a great meet. And so I see him like, Hey, congratulations on a great Olympics. And just the smile that came across his face saying, thank you. That was fun to see. And just seeing that, but, you know, listening to coaches, um, Bob Bowman, uh, Dave Durden out of California, Greg Troy from Florida, Mike Bottom from here in Michigan, being able to see them and just hear how they coach and talk to their swimmers. Um, Mike Bottom sat his team down one day and talked to him and it was like, Oh, you know, this is kind of cool. Just I'm here working, but I get to listen to this. So it was almost like a coaching clinic or conference every day I worked. I remember another coach coming in, he had, did a great job in um, out in Pennsylvania his kids are warming down and it's in March and he's really big in the March madness. So I'm giving him score updates and we're getting close to an end of a game of a team that he's really interested in. So we're in our weight room that's off the pool deck, watching the game. He doesn't hear his swimmers moving. They should have been cooling down. He goes, comes back out. Like, what are you guys doing? Get moving. <laughs> All right, let's go watch. Um, so just being able to have interactions like that and see what they do. And, you know, I picked up a lot of things, but I also saw a lot of similarities to things that I was doing just with my age group and developmental swimmers and my high school kids. So it was in a way kind of validating, like, you know, there's a lot of, I'm doing a lot of the same things they are. It's just, they're on a different level. Yeah, so reminds me so much fun doing that. You mentioned about lifeguarding for Olympians at, Olymp you know, the, the practices, I mean, obviously drowning is not a, a joking issue, but th there's this meme that goes around. It seems like every, every four years of the Olympics. And it says like, you know, when you think that you're, you know, you're useless in life, just think that 
this guy right here is a lifeguard for you know Olympic swimming. And it shows like some kid sitting there and he has the, the little pool uh, floater thing. And he's just like this. Just like looking like incredibly like bored and out of his mind. Yeah, you know, I've lifeguarded for so long. Um, you remember Kokomo Beach? I do. Um, old seashore area. Um, I lifeguarded small water park. Um, then I lifeguarded a little bit in Colorado Springs and then ended up working at the training center. Um, you never know when things might happen. Um, not to go into too much detail, but I was we were doing a swim meet at the training center and I finished my shift and I switched over to coach and there was a 50 freestyle race and a kid decided to try it underwater. And, you know, um, actually a lifeguard had to pull him out. Wow. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail, but, um, you know, things happen. You never know. Right. And I know um, Coach Bowman, who's actually in Tempe, um, has been a big proponent of shallow water blackout. Um, so there's a lot on that and just the research that's coming into it. Um, hypoxic training has changed up, um, just that underwater work. Um, it's really different now. And it's like, I know the attitude is there like, oh, they're swimmers, they know what they're doing. Why do we have to pay attention to this? But you just never know. Incidents have happened. Um, I know USA Swimming is doing a great job with um, Make a Splash and trying to get swim lessons out and especially to maybe some underprivileged areas. Um, so it's great to see that we're doing all that because just that water safety and um, even just a quick flashback, there was a fountain in Colorado Springs that not much to it, but there was water there and they staffed it with lifeguards. And I remember um, this was before great got put in, I think it had broken or something. So they need to get it replaced. And a little kid ran up and fell in and I was right there, grabbed him, pulled him up. And like, Jeez. you know, if we're not there, um, just being water safe, it's so important. Right. Even if you don't plan on swimming, just there's so much water everywhere. And unfortunately we hear all the time of, toddler drowns in a backyard pool and so just having those swim lessons out there and available and just having that knowledge it's awesome yeah i mean it, it's a obviously being in a, a warm climate here like you know every other house has a pool you know we have a pool here and i mean the, the two things they talk about with water safety is that you know make sure that you have a fence make sure that your fence is well maintained and closed and locked and, and yeah, always, you know, keep an eye on, on the kids and, and make sure you get your kids in swimming lessons. Like, even if you don't have a pool, there's a really good chance that your kid is going to end up friends with somebody who does and end up at their house. And the, you know, the absolute last thing you want to hear about is that your, your kid went over to somebody's house and drowned because they snuck out and were goofing around and play, playing in the pool. And it, I mean, every summer it happens and it's, you know, a, a toddler escaped or, you know, even eight, nine, 10, 12 years old, you know, these accidents happen. So, I mean, there's, there's no age when it comes to accidental drownings and it's, it's no, it's and definitely. Like, you see it every, I mean, it, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it, it seems like almost, you know, you come out of every weekend, there's, there's a story of a drowning or a near drowning that the paramedics had to respond to. I mean, it's, it's scary. 
yeah, and being around pools and lakes, ponds, ocean, it's so much fun, but there's a very real danger with water. And, and further <clears throat> to like take it and even, even adults, like, you know, one of the popular things with adults here is uh, up on the, the salt river, what people do is they go and they rent these giant inner tubes and they you basically float down the salt river on an inner tube. And of course, what, what is an adult going to do when they're just floating slowly down a river is they're going to crack open a few. Yeah, beers. They're going to imbibe on a few. Yeah. You know, they're going to have a few beers. It's, you know, it's the middle of summer in Phoenix. It's a hundred plus degrees outside. You're going to get dehydrated incredibly quickly. And I mean, we, it, the, it just opened last weekend and I think somebody was drinking and they fell in and they, they drowned. I mean, it's, it's, it's a serious issue. It's like, it can't be said enough. Yeah. I've been in, like you're talking about, it doesn't matter whether just floating down a river or swimming back in and forth in a pool. It's, you just never know. And the better prepared that we can be and the more that we can train or teach swim lessons, um, the better. Wasn't expecting the uh, the show to end on this note. So no, no, uh, a little bit of a dark turn, but yeah, let's find a way to make it fun here. There um, you go. We just realities we, of the sport and what we do. All right, Kate, throw us in. What do you got? What are you gonna do to to turn the uh, turn it into a positive note before we uh, we shut down for today? So, if an adult was planning on taking up recreational swimming, what's the best thing to start with? Um, you know, just getting into the water. Um, there's master's teams all over the country. Um, so you can look into one of those and they're a lot of fun. I swam at a master's nationals, I think when I turned 19 and, you know, it was a blast. Um, even reaching out to local club swim teams, um, USA Swimming on their website has a find a team feature. Um, so you can reach out there. Um, teams are going to be different, but they may know places that would offer like adult swim lessons if that's the case, or um, might know more about where swim opportunities are, depending if you need to learn more or just got to get in and get moving. So it's Good, good, uh, good advice. But I, I actually, I just thought of something. I want to, I'm going to close on this. Eric, again, thanks for being on the show. It's always, always good, to, good to talk to you again, even though we didn't, you know, we held Kate in the dark here. I enjoyed that. Um, going back to high school, <laughs> Kate, <laughs> she's not allowed to give me the finger on the, on the air anymore. So she sticks her middle finger in that and, and gives me the finger that way. So, so going back to high school, we were in the same PE swimming class together. I'm sure you probably remember this to, to some extent. Did he try to like, you know, do <laughs> cannonballs in class? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see if I, I'm gonna see if you remember what I remember here about that. Not not me personally, but do, do you remember we we had it was like during lunch hour where we had the like the split lunch period. And remember, we would have the first half of the pool to ourselves, and then the like the last part of the class, the the girls. Yeah, then like the second half. half. Yeah. So, so we had to cram like 
25 30 guys into like three lanes <laughs> yeah it was crowded but but then they uh they moved us down to like you know the the diving well and um and then like we would jump off like you know we'd get time to jump off the high dive and i remember there was somebody and i don't remember who it was but somebody in our class was like trying to jump off the high dive and show off uh for the girls class and it was absolutely not me but I've, the person jumped off the high dive. It just didn't get a good, uh, let's just say they didn't get a good start and did a belly flop off the high dive. <laughs> I can't remember. Do you, do you remember that? That seems vaguely <laughs> I, 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 familiar. I, I still like, to this day, I still feel the, just the loud thud of, of the belly hitting the diving well and hearing the everybody, including the girls' class in the lap pool, go, oh, it, it just, it was just one of those moments where it's just like, oh, yeah, I vaguely <laughs> remember that, but I, there's no way I could tell you who that was. I, I, I couldn't tell you either, but I just remember this, whoever this was got out of the pool and their entire chest was like bright red. <laughs> and so if there's anything shame. to learn here, don't do belly flops off a high dive. No. <laughs> But then, you know, and, and Eric, because he was a swimmer and the swim coach was our, our class, you know, he he was not good with names. He knew Eric because of he was on the swim team, but everybody else was, sir, you, sir, 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 you, lane three, sir. But there was a kid in our class. So I'm not going to go into any, any details about him. And he could not swim. And there were points where the coach suggested maybe you should wear like a use a kickboard or I want to suggest like putting floaties on you. But then we come in and we have our final exam for swimming, which was just like swim as many laps as you can. It was like 20 minutes or something like that. And he comes out and at the, after the class, he's like, you know, going around, how many laps do you, how many? And he goes, I swim 26 laps. And everyone's just like, you can't swim. How did you swim 26 laps? And he goes, I cheated. And you know, you have the flags that are at what, like five yards out on each side. Yep, yep. What he was doing is he was just pulling himself down the lane line and he turned around the flag. So he's cutting himself off essentially 10 yards. He was swimming, you know, he's pulling himself and only going 15 yards instead of the full 25. <laughs> and then admits out open to the swim coach that he cheated. <laughs> well, then I ended up only having like two more or something in that. So it's kind of like, <laughs> wait a second. There's wait. no way. This guy who can't swim almost caught up with Eric, who like you know he was basically said, you know, just go swim laps. It's a free practice for you. <laughs> oh, um, good uh, things I remember from high school are like sitting in publications and <laughs> watching movies instead of doing work. I remember the fun stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> we going to get donuts all the time. Then getting yelled at. <laughs> Remember when we made our phony hall passes that got us off campus? <laughs> hey, it served well for eight periods in the day or through the days. So, so, so with this this class, we had this this publications that were you you had permission that period to leave the school grounds to go sell advertising for the yearbook in the school newspaper. And Eric, myself, and one other guy. We were the essentially the we were the backroom staff that people would come back with ads and they bring them to us and we'd sit at the computer and we'd draw the ad it would go in the yearbook and um, so like some days we just didn't have a lot to do and we just you know we had our passes we we'd tell the teacher hey we're running up to McDonald's or we're running up to the donut shop and we'd come back and 
come walking in in the middle of the school day with a bag of McDonald's breakfast. And uh, <laughs> one time I walked out and I come walking back in. I have a, you know, a box of donuts and I go walking past the guidance counselor's office and I look in and they have like, you know, the fish tank window in the, in the guidance counselor office. And I see my parents sitting in there as I'm come walking back into school in the entrance with a box of donuts. And I just kind of like head down and just keep walking. And my parents just had this look on their face like, what are you doing? Like, you just, you left during the middle of the school day and you come back with a box of, like, how long have you been doing this? Two years. <laughs> I'm trying not to teach my kids, um, I coach the ways of what I did in high school and college. <laughs> trying to help them out a little more than that. But yes, it was, it was good times. So. Again, Eric, thanks again for being on the show today. It's good that Kate finally got her computer working after two two drop offs. So, editing. Oh, yeah. Thank be, you guys for having me. Editing. That's what we aim for. So, do you have anything you want to plug before you go? No, you know, if anything, just advice out there for even anybody. Just set your mind to something that you want to do. Have fun doing it, and just go get it done. Who cares what? people are telling you and just enjoy what it is. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm having a blast. There you go. So Eric can say hi to your parents for me. Um, and congrats yeah, in here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Congratulations on the wedding. I wish I could, could be there, but you know, yeah, we're going to miss you there, but you know, we'll have to get together here sometime soon, hopefully. And, make up for it yeah you can come out and meet the uh the little ankle biter monsters here yeah, i know heather really wants to meet you too find out one of the troublemakers <laughs> that ran around with me forever <laughs> it's, i'm very curious it's like the stories will come out about my youth and and to to my wife and and she's like you're an idiot like how are you still alive <laughs> well i'm sure there's gonna be things um we just saw Kyle and Molly last weekend as we had a little bit of an open house for people that weren't going to be able to make it down to Alabama, but they're um, coming down. So I know they want to share stories of um, some of our antics um, with campfires and um, <laughs> <laughs> all that fun stuff. You know, the, uh, we got into that paintball duel in your backyard and then I just turned around like, go ahead, shoot me. And I, I believe I use some other colorful language that I won't repeat here. Um, um, one of my favorite ones still is, um, I won't finish it, but I, aim it up. Uh, <laughs> Basically we will not, um, we were doing this duel and finally we get done. We, you know, MTV jackass, we've mentioned this before Kate on the, on the show. Uh, that uh, we we before YouTube we we tried to like imitate this as as kids and who didn't yeah right exactly and so one day we were like shooting each other with paintballs and I'm standing in the backyard and I'm like shoot me and so he starts shooting me and I'm just you know oh shoot me and he's like you know he's shooting at my legs and I go to him aim it up oh no that was a Roman candle I think oh, I still have the video right. that's right it was a Roman candle you were shooting Roman candles at my legs. And I said, aim it up. And then the next one comes and it just gets me like right square in the chest. And you just like, even in this crappy footage, you just see me go, oh. Because you know how the Roman candles, each one gets a little bit higher than the one before <laughs> it. 
Yeah. It was Roman candles. That's right. God, how could I forget that? That and the UPS truck. UPS. When I'm riding the uh, fire truck down the hill in the road. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. UPS. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, good. Oh, if you wanted to fill up a episode of Crazy Stories, um, <laughs> we can definitely do that. <laughs> Told you. We don't have the video camera anymore, but I still have many of the tapes that will oh be yeah so much fun though probably should be destroyed but, but that's where it helps i can tell the kids like hey you know i've been there done that don't do it just do as i say not as i do <laughs> yeah luckily um we don't have our stuff on youtube so the kids can't find me and be like coach you're an idiot <laughs> like how stupid like, yes that? i will agree with you on that but you know i'm trying to be better now yes on that note Grown up a little bit since we were. Years old, so. Um, I I don't know about that. I said a little. Maybe, maybe a little bit. I've grown up. Just a little bit. So, on that note, we uh, we went pretty long today. I'm not sure how long this episode's going to be until we uh, we cut out the uh, Kate dropping out. Although I think we're going to hold the picture of Kate going for for an extended period of time. Hey, you got that for a future screensaver? If um, for anything, if comments or. Antics. Oh, yeah, I get that all the time. I'll, I'll, I'm like, hey, check this out. And then you're just like, no, no, we're not, no, we're not doing that. So, on that note, check us out stadiumscene.tv, at stadiumscene on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and TikTok, and at stadium underscore scene on Instagram. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another episode, and we will see you next time. Thank you.